Because of its geography, the Sea of Galilee was vulnerable to violent weather. Big crazy storms were notorious in this region. But Jesus was so exhausted that he slept right through it. So before Jesus asked his question, the disciples had a question of their own. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? This is an interesting question because the disciples were asking Jesus if he was concerned about their well-being. Instead of asking Jesus if he could help them, the disciples questioned Jesus' character. And that's how fear works. Fear corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. The disciples had seen Jesus show compassionate love to people that no one in culture even noticed. They had witnessed him heal sick people. The disciples were his friends. Of course he cared about their well-being. But fear unleashes all kinds of doubt. Even when we have every reason to trust the goodness of God based on what we've seen and experienced, our faith suffers from amnesia. I've experienced this, and you probably have as well. I've seen God do incredible things in my life and in the lives of people around me. But when I face overwhelming situations or I get overcome with fear, that's when doubt creeps in and I ask, God, do you care about what's going on in my life? This is how Jesus responded to their question. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Jesus approached the wind and waves like they were his children. Just like when parents tell their kids to calm down and stop being so loud, Jesus rebuked his creation. With just a few words from his mouth, everything became peaceful and still. And then comes the two-part question that Jesus asked. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus seems to imply that their level of fear reflected their level of faith. Many of the disciples were seasoned fishermen. They understood just how dangerous storms could be. Plus the boat was nearly swamped. Yet despite all of this, Jesus wanted his presence to cancel out their terror. See, the presence of Jesus doesn't mean the absence of bad things happening. Years later, after Jesus went back to heaven to be with the Father, the disciples established the early church and were led by the Spirit of God. But according to tradition, eventually all of them, except for John, lost their lives at the hands of persecutors. Much of the early church spent time in danger of being in prison or killed for their belief in Jesus. If their faith was dependent on bad things not happening or no threats of terror, their faith would have been non-existent. It was the presence of Jesus and his spirit that carried them through the storms. Now, it was the disciples' turn to ask another question. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Even though they had seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle, perhaps they had never seen him do a miracle that showed his authority over nature. They responded with a respectful awe for him. Who is this man? Should have been the first question they asked. They should have started there. And that's where you and I should start when we face real fears. We can stay afraid or we can remember who God is. In this way, the storms of our lives will help solidify our faith and help us see God in a clearer light. Because faith is about remembering and reminding yourself who God is. The original readers of Mark's Gospel faced all kinds of persecution for their faith. So the account of this incident on the Sea of Galilee was surely to comfort them. 
through the person of Jesus, they learn that God can control the natural circumstances of life, including nature and including storms. They can either focus on their fear, challenges, and storms, or they can remind themselves of the character of God and how powerful He is. In order for you and I to focus on who God is, I think a good place for us to start is by planning who He is in our heart. And a great way to do that is by focusing in on some of the truths God tells us through Scripture. Think about verses like this. God is love. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Yours, Lord. It's the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Find a few key truths from scripture like this that really resonate with you. On days when life gets really stormy for me, I just pause and I pray, God, help me to remember, and this is bad grammar, by the way, God, help me to remember that you've got this and you've got me. It changes my perspective. And we can all do something like this. We can find truths and promises in God's word and make them personal in our prayers with God. Over time, as we memorize prayer and a couple of truths from scripture about who God is, truth will start to fill our spirits and eventually become stronger than our emotions. What if, when our fears came rushing in, instead of focusing on everything that could go wrong, what if we focused on how powerful God is? What if we trusted that He is at work in this present moment to accomplish His purposes? He is our peace. He's our hope. He is the one we can trust to always be there for us. When the disciples faced the storm, they forgot how powerful the man in the boat was. That's why Jesus said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The power of Jesus was on display in front of them. And you know what? It's on display in front of you and me too. Faith is remembering and reminding ourselves who God is. So let's plant what's true about God deep in our spirits. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are facing one of the most powerful tools that the adversary uses against us. And it turns inwardly and manifests itself outwardly. Fear is one of the most manipulative things that turns us inside out. And many of us on a daily basis struggle with this thing called fear. Fear is a pill that is slowly digested in all types of forms and fashion. 
Fear is something that you and I have to deal with constantly. And it's a thing that many of us lose to. And we lose to it simply because of the fact that we take our eye off the one that gives us the victory. And that's because we always want to battle it in the flesh. And in this video, we saw that it's not a fleshly fight. It is a spiritual battle that we can overcome through Jesus Christ. So we have to remember that our fears are something that's trying to tear us apart from our victory in Christ Jesus. And we get a lot of fears. We have a lot of fears. It, it talks about uh, different types of fears and different types of fears that tears us mentally down. And it's constantly bombarding us all the time. The fear of loneliness, the fear of our own immorality, our own self destruction, all types of fears that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. Sometimes you can be in a house and just hear, hear a creep. <gasps> What's that? Somebody coming to get me. All types of fears. You can have all types of just fear of people just don't like me. How many of you just go around just thinking that people just don't like me? People, my family don't like me. And Jesus tells us all the time that the one you have to worry about is me. Me, I'm the one that loves you. The Bible said that God so loved the world. And that little, that little word, S-O, means that you can't even measure the love that Jesus has for you. It's, it's so immense that it can't even be measured. But you're worrying about one person liking you when the love that Jesus has for you can't even be measured. The love that God has for you can't be measured. But you're trying to get one person to like you. And you have so much fear that this person don't like you is driving you insane. It drives you to a bottle. It drives you to a drug. It drives you to a drink, to a cigarette. It drives you to run away from home. It drives you to hatred. Fear calls a whole lot of reactions in us. Fear will cause you to put up blocks in your life to cause you to separate from different individuals in your life. But we're going to look at some of these things as we go through these questions today. And who got the question? Somebody got a question? Huh? What are some common fears people have? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, here. Okay. 
What are some common fears that people have? In other words, what are some fears that we all go through? You I'm know what? I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, I didn't say anything. Oh. I'm afraid of snakes. You afraid of snakes? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so some common fears that people are afraid of some animals together. People have, Different people have different fears of animals. Some people are afraid of snakes. Some people are afraid of dogs. Some people are afraid of spiders. Anybody here afraid of spiders? Are you afraid of spiders? Oh, I don't care how big they are. I just don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way they move. <laughs> Anybody afraid of dogs? You don't like them, fear. Anybody afraid and of rats? It's not the thing that I don't like them. It's the thing that I'm allergic to them. So I have a fear of cats. Any animal. Any animal. Yeah. 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 I'm just, I am afraid of rats. Those things are yeah. mean. Rats. Okay. <laughs> <They're> okay. Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so something, it, it, and, and and that's a common fear with people. Animals. Yeah. Animals are a common fear with it people. Is. Bats. They're afraid of all type of animals. In, in, any other fear? I think that common a common fear for people, and not I'm not going to say a father does not care, but I'm going to say for most mothers, when we have children, yeah. our fears of either something happening to our children, and like even though I know if I die right now, I have a home in heaven, but my fear is dying and leaving my little Nokia, and my children and my husband, you know, you just have, I have that fear of leaving my, I don't want to leave my kids. And I know I have a home in heaven, but that's, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that, and I absolutely know it don't, it doesn't mean that I don't know for sure that I'm saved, I have a home in heaven when I do, but I'm not ready to, you know, it's a fear of leaving my kids. Okay. I, there's a couple big ones that come to my mind um, immediately, and, and the first one is fear of failure. Fear of um, failure. You know, I think, about the fear of the dark being in pitch darkness so dark you can't even you just that eerie darkness I think I'm more afraid of what I'm going to stub my toe on in the dark <laughs> 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 now I do that getting up going to the, when I get up to go to the restroom at night you should see me my toes and I'm so glad I'm scared I'm going to crack I'm going to break I'm going to I'm going to hit something in the dark in the yeah. dark 
What you, you got any fears, Tommy? A job. A job. Fear of a job. Because you don't know how those people are going to like you. Yeah. Oh, start. okay. How people react. Okay. Yeah. All Customers. right. All yeah. right. See, we all got common fears. Everybody got, you know, fear is something that connects us all together. I, I guess that's what the question is letting us know. Everybody has a fear. Everyone has something that they're afraid of. Regardless of how they look, or how they talk, or what they say, it's something that they is afraid of. Now, they react different, but they're still afraid. Okay. They may, they may even tell you they're not afraid. But they're afraid. <laughs> they're I think, afraid. I think most often what their fear is when they tell you they're not afraid is fear of appearing too vulnerable. <laughs> and they don't want anyone to know. They just don't want nobody to know that this makes me afraid. Because a lot of times, you ever told somebody something and they used it against you? Mm-hmm. And that's what most people are afraid of. Is to let somebody know something about them because they know they'll use it against them. That's a fear within itself. Okay, Debbie, you got question number two? Why do you- Why do you think people feel fearful? What makes a person have a fear? What makes a person, in other words, think about what you're afraid of and what makes you fearful of that particular thing? Why would you be afraid of a particular thing? What would make you Afraid of this thing because most of the things that we are afraid of, we can't change. We can't change it. One of the things that that that, that people said said that they were afraid of was the animals. There's nothing we can do about them animals. They're gonna be animals. We can't change from a rat being a rat. It's going to be ugly all the time. Ain't nothing we can do about that. But what makes us be afraid of this particular animal? What causes you to be afraid of it? Well, I think with dogs, if people are afraid of dogs, sometimes you... If one dog is vicious, like she could have a dog, it could be vicious, but she could have one that could be playful as a as a kid. But that fear of knowing that dogs can bite you is just like a lion. I don't think too many people want to walk up and put their head in the lion's mouth. It's the fear of the viciousness of knowing how vicious this person or this animal may be. Like mine is not that I'm afraid to die because... I don't. I, I figure I'm gonna go to hell or nothing. Because my fear is, like I said, is leaving my children. And sometimes a certain fear you have, you can't explain it. Yeah. All you know is that you just have this fear. 
So, you know, mine is just having a fear of dying and leaving my kids. And, and, and the reason is because I don't think nobody else could really care for Nakia the way that I do or understand the Nakia. You could have a child just with the same problems that Nakia have, but I am her mother. I born her. And I, she, children have a certain way. Even, you know, she has a mentality of like a four to a seven-year-old. And she's 38 years old. So it's it's a fear of leaving. I believe that Zachariah would grow and be okay. You know, mentally he's okay. My son will get over it. He'll be okay. My husband will get over it. He'll be okay. You know, may one day get a, may one may one day even have another wife. You know what I'm saying? But it's just that fear that you have for certain things. And my fear is not like that with with all I, my fear is really dying and I leave a knock you. Yeah. Okay. So, Leaving my child. Anybody else? I wonder if most of our fears um stem from um Again, going back to that, that not knowing what's going to happen, mm-hmm. um, or I think, yeah, I think there, so I think there are some common, common places that our fears come from. I think it's, it's, you know, not knowing what's going to happen in the future. I think, um, it's sometimes it's pride, um, you know, um, like I talked about the fear of failure earlier, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's pride. You know, that's, that's totally a result of pride, you know, um, so I just think, I, yeah, I just think a lot of it goes back to, to not knowing, not knowing what the future holds, not knowing, um, uh, not knowing how <laughs> someone may, may react or, or what may happen to someone, um, and then, yeah, I think I think pride is a big a big cause of fear as well um, in people's lives. Yeah. If you were to take a look at at, at at what you were afraid of and examine the content of it could you lay trust in the layers of your fear could you say that there is a a epitome of a lack of trust because you saying that the part of you there is a, a, just a small smidgen of a lack of trust fear comes in when you or me have a bit of saying that I can't trust this thing here it's something about this that I can't trust. So I'm afraid of it. I just can't trust it. And if I can't trust it, then I can't 
understand it. I can't follow it. There's has nothing I can do with this thing. And then I have no control over it. And when I don't have any control, that puts me in a very awkward position. And that brings about my fear. The enemy has a a unique way of taking you out of a place and putting you in a particular spot where you feel that there is nothing that you can do. And when you feel that you cannot do anything, then you are in a space where you have no control and when you have no control you are fearful because there's nothing you can do and when you can't do anything you are subject to lose your mind I don't know what to do How, what, when, where, you reaching and can't grab on to nothing. All thought pattern go out of your head. It's like reaching for a life jacket or reaching for a life preserver and there's nothing there. It's like drowning in quicksand. In the Bible, one of the seven churches that John was recorded to write to, the Bible says that, he said, I know your works. I know your works. They were, they were, you know, hey, you, you, you are doing good. And then after a while, <laughs> you, 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 you vamped. You just, it was like you just vanished. It's like you went into a quicksand mode. They just disappeared. They works just vanished. It was as if they was reaching and they couldn't get nowhere. They was in a state of fear. Fear is the one, one of the most destructive measures that you can possibly be in. It's a place of nothingness. Because you lose sight of everything. It's a place that will cause you to to run away from God when you should be running toward God. It's a place for which the enemy try to push you off and destroy yourself when the same thing what he was trying to do to Jesus 
when he took Jesus from the Garden of Gethsemane. It not only was he trying to destroy Jesus, but he was trying to bring fear upon Jesus. This is why Jesus never uttered a word. Because fear was not an option for him. He had no reason to speak because he was never afraid. Fear would cause you to utter and You ever got so twisted that you just start blurting out and and can't own? You got so afraid and so mad because you couldn't control the situation? I'm not the only one here, am I? You ever got that mad that you just couldn't control the situation and you just began to blurt out? Nobody? I know I have. Fear would do that to you. That you couldn't control it. So you blurted out. Fear is a dangerous tool. A very dangerous thing. Because it manifests itself in all types of ways. What's the next question? Read Mark 4, 35 to 41. Why do you think Jesus asked about the disciples' faith? Oh, that's a, that's Why a good... was there fear and issue of faith? <laughs> well, let's read that. Who got that? I'll go ahead and read it. Okay. It says, As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. All right. Now, what version is that? Uh, New Living Translation. New Living Translation. I I, I have nothing against uh, different... Well, I take that back. I do have something against different translations. <laughs> I'm a King James person myself. Okay. There's a reason for that because certain translations will take away from different wording as they put it together. But when Jesus said, when he was sleeping on the boat, right? He's on the boat, he's in the hind part of the boat. And he sleep, right? He rested. He's he's resting. Now I, I want you to get this picture. Get this in your mind. The boat is being tossed almost over, right? It's being tossed. Waves are coming up over the boat. Jesus is in the back of the boat, sleep. 
I want to ask you a question. How is this possible? Repeat that again. The boat is being tossed almost over. It's going like this. He's being rocked to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a little, you know, he's, he's, he's in a nice rocking chair. Or, you he know, just being he's, rocked, he's, ain't he? He just being rocked. He has nothing to fear. He has no fear. And regardless of how high that boat is going over, he it ain't bother him that time that this boat is almost flipping over. He just turning over. That's all he doing. It, it hasn't bothered him one time. Now notice that the water is coming over the side of the boat. Now notice when water come over the side of the boat, it's got to come down to where he is. A little water got to get on it. It ain't bothered him now a bit. He was tired. He tired. That, yeah, that's that peace and that calm. And the peace and calm. Now, the first thing they did when they come down there, they asked him, cares, don't, don't you cares that we perish? Now, they didn't ask him, don't you care that you going to die? Yeah, they don't care. That, that you die. That you going to die. Don't you know you finna die? The boat finna turn over. You going to die. No, they don't ask him about that. They asked him about, don't you care that we perish? Now, Jesus, when he come up to the top of the boat, he raises his hand and says, peace, be still. Three most powerful words. He asked for peace, and then he wanted everything to be still. Peace. Be still. And then he turned and looked at them and asked them, Why do y'all fear? Why would he ask them, Why are you fearful? And where's your faith? Now, People believe that because Jesus was on the boat, that they shouldn't be fearful. They believe because Jesus was on the boat, that they shouldn't be fearful. The, what, the problem was not that they was fearful. The problem was that the fear overgrew their faith. That was the problem. How are you so fearful and where's your faith is what he asked him. How you get to be so much, have so much fear that it overruns your faith? Because you're going to get some fear. How many of you know that you're going to be fearful? How many of you know it's going to be things that's going to bring up some fear in your life? How many of you know that you're going to have some fear? It's going to be some fear in your life. 
But the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. They had the word right there with them. So how did the word get so diminished in their lives that the fear outgrew the word? And the word is right there. They had just come from seeing the word perform all these miracles. And the first thing that they said, what manner of man is this? John described them in, in, in the very first chapter of the book of John that he, he said the word was with God and the word was God. So when the way John looked at him, he letting you know that, listen, that that man that they looked at was the word of God. So if he was the word of God that they saw do all these miracles, what manner of man that they was looking at was God almighty himself. But they never put it together with, until they saw him rebuke the elements. So I ask you, how come you have never put it together in your life? What manner of man you serve? How come fear have overcome Jesus in your life? How come you have never put it together? You have seen him do some miracles in your life. You have seen him meet some needs in your life. But how come you have not put it together that he is God Almighty in your life. He is exactly who they say he is. The question is, how come you don't put it together? Because you're going to get some fears. But then you can turn to him and he can wipe them away. Do we got time for one more? Uh, it's, it's 1048. We probably no, we ain't got no time for no more. Yeah. But this is what I want to tell you. Listen. Don't beat yourself up when you come to some fearful places because fear going it's a natural response it's a natural thing it's something that you're going to come across but know where to take your fear know exactly where to take it and let the man Christ Jesus do what it does do what he does arose your faith in him 
And when that happens, you can take that fear and ball it up and throw it away. Because then you can walk by faith and stand with the man Jesus Christ and watch what he does in your life. Because God can and he's able. Amen. 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 Well, Miss Tammy, would you like to close us out in prayer? Amen.